We're rolling. Nice. Oh, I've never said that ever. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and a warm welcome to episode 114 of the Building Sustainability Podcast. I'm Jeffrey Hart and every fortnight join me as I talk to designers, builders, makers, dreamers and doers. Together we can explore the wide world of sustainability in the built environment by talking to wonderful people who are doing excellent things. And today's wonderful person is Jules Baker who is a natural builder based out of Lewis. This episode is perfect for new year because it is about fresh starts and really focuses on what Jules learned from his company Kind Construction and where he's taking that now. Before the episode, I want to say thank you so much to everyone who sent in questions for the Yule special. Uh, we did ask each other all of the questions that were sent in, but the recording ended up at almost three hours, so a lot had to be edited. Uh, the questions were all great, I should say, but honestly, some of the answers were rubbish uh so they had to go so yeah once again thank you to everyone that sent something in uh apologies if yours didn't make the cut and also a huge thanks to mike for his work co-piloting the now annual yule time shenanigans okay uh patrons we have one new supporter this week and that is denise denise has supported at the higher level which means there will be a hand carved spoon coming your way soon and our guest today, Jules, is also a patron supporter and also got himself a hand-carved wooden spoon. And this is what he has to say about it. I've still got my wooden spoon. Have you? Yeah. Good. Do you use it? I do. It's good for porridge. That's my porridge spoon. Excellent. Reminds me of being a little bear. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Jules. If you would like to join Jules and have a porridge spoon of your own, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash building sustainability. Uh, in return, you not only get 11 odd hours of bonus content, including 20 minutes from today's podcast guest, Jules Baker, uh, but you also get to listen to the podcast advert free via a special link in the Patreon page. Also, you make me really happy. What else to say? Oh, podcast stats. Uh, we've just passed a quarter of a million downloads, uh, which is pretty big news. And according to our hosting, we are in round about the top six to eight percent of all the podcasts out there in terms of downloads. Sounds pretty good, isn't it? Also, show notes. Uh, make sure you check out the show notes of this episode to follow up on any of the bits we talk about. There's a link to Jules's work. Really, anything that comes up, there'll be a link. Um, so have a look there. Uh, sharing. I am actually giving myself a break from social media. Uh, I've realized it's um, it's not particularly healthy uh, in my life. And it does <laughs> somewhat present a little bit of an issue uh, in that I can't promote this podcast as such. I will still be sending out graphics to all of my guests for them to share. Um, if you do see one of those uh, and you want to share it, then please do. I feel quite hypocritical of asking you to do anything on social media if I am <laughs> taking a break from it. But yes, please do continue to share. It really is the very best way of, uh, of finding new listeners and hopefully inspiring them to build better. Okay, so about this episode, it was recorded at the Kind Supply Warehouse. It was raining pretty heavily. It's big old warehouse. Uh, we stuffed up every little crack with beautiful hemp insulation uh, and i ended up soundproofing the room by sort of draping hemp around the place it really is a, 
a multifunctional product. Yeah, imagine that. Uh, I would put a photo on social media, but I can't do that anymore. Maybe I'll try and put one in the show notes uh, on the website. So if you want to see what Jules looks like, how we soundproof the room, there's a bit of hemp insulation underneath the microphone because uh, Jules was prone to gesticulating and uh, and really hammering out his points uh, so we added in a bit of padding and um, there's also the, an unofficial sponsor uh jules brought some kombucha along we drink that so you occasionally hear a little a little glug and what else to say oh tangents we wander often and far and occasionally we remember what we're talking about and pull it back uh, sometimes we just go off uh it is what happens when you put two natural builders in a room they are gonna chat all the things um so yeah i think someone once commented on a, another episode with a natural builder that it was a bit like listening in on a pub conversation and i suspect this one might be a little bit like that <laughs> only that it's kombucha we're chugging um right that's it from me i am back at the end i hope you enjoyed jules Baker. selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Jeffrey. Kombucha cheers. Kombucha cheers. Shout out to our old trade brewery. Yeah. Mm. Hemp and, sorry, hop and hemp. Yeah, it's good, eh? That is delicious. Made in Sussex. Yeah, mm. it's good stuff. Beautiful. Yeah, they're doing some good things. Keeping it local. Mm. I feel like I'm on like blind date or something. <laughs> uh, my name's Jules. I... <laughs> I'm a Virgo. <laughs> Actually, a Taurus. Oh, couldn't you tell? Oh, classic Taurus. Classic Taurus. Uh, my name's Jules. I am a natural builder. Mm. Oh, the old, how do you describe this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm calling myself that. Yep. I run a company called Unearthed, 
we are specialising in clay, lime and stonework here in Sussex. Beautiful Sussex. Yeah. Based out of Lewis? Yeah, we're based out of Lewis, just outside of Brighton. Uh, yeah, lovely Lewis. Um, we've, yeah, most of our work's kind of Lewis-Brighton area. Seem to be, yeah, lots of good things going on around here. There is a good, there's the right type of person around here, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, Lewis, lovely place. Um, yeah, lots of people here that kind of seem to really bought into like what we do and how we want to build and are looking to educate themselves on the right way to build, the right way to maintain their buildings. Um, Lewis is a conservation zone. Mm. So, um, and it's in the South Downs National Park. So there's quite a lot around the heritage of the town and the National Park Authority are doing a good job, I suppose, of preserving the heritage. So a lot of the buildings, you've had a walk around Lewis today. That's lovely. Had a lovely, lovely time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of lime, lots of flint. Yeah. Yeah, lots, lots of stone, lots of brick. There was a lovely uh, timber-framed bell tower thing at the top of the high street. Yeah. That was, oh. Yeah. I saw that from a distance when I was on the phone to you and went, I'm walking that way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah loads of lovely buildings. Uh, like history of brick making here and um, where we're sitting now. This used to be an old foundry ironworks. Mm. For, yeah, quite, quite a good history of like... Uh, manufacturing, making, building. Nice. Presumably because it's on the river. Yeah, it's on the river. Yeah. So good trade routes. Yes. Yeah, good clay up the road. Still good brickyards just outside of town. Quite a lot of stuff still made here, actually. Nice. Yeah. So regular listeners yeah. might uh, know you with a different company name. Yes. So I am... I now say the former director of Kind Construction and Kind Supply. Um, kind Supply is still very much operational. Kind Construction, um, we decided to close down, which was a big decision, really big decision. Um, love Kind Construction, love what we did, love everything that we were trying to build. We're really trying to build a positive force for change in the building industry. Um, Everything we did, we kind of came from a place of positivity, sustainability and kindness and tried to make a real impact and shift within the industry, which I think it needs. Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, general industry as a whole needs a bit of a kick up the bum. And yeah, in terms of kind of building sustainably, how they treat people right through the chain, all the stakeholders involved from clients, architects, subcontractors, everyone just needs to just work with a little bit more positivity and kindness. Mm -hmm. And that's what we tried to inject into the company. Um, so I was, yeah, as director of Kind for four years. Um, and yeah, like got some fantastic memories, fantastic learnings from it. Um, unfortunately, um, it we got to that point where we thought it was best to closed the company, um, Kind Supply still operates. So Andrew, who was my business partner at Kind Construction, he is now operating Kind Supply. And I have unearthed my true passion. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Just did a little sick in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it's the kombucha, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, was there a moment, like, when you, when you decided... 
you you'd had enough or, or like the, the, it the, wasn't working out how you wanted it to there were a few um yeah there wasn't one particular factor that really um was like the deciding point um i did have a moment when i was standing in a bathroom between a tyler and electrician kind of disputing about a uh socket for an electrical tail rail thinking I don't care. <laughs> I, um, but yeah, that wasn't the deciding factor for why I'm closing the company down. I think um, a lot of builders, I started off as a builder. I started off a bricklayer. I did a brickwork apprenticeship. I am very practical. I like working with my hands. Good at building things. That's what I like doing. I like getting my hands dirty. I like working with lime. I work, like working with clay. I love natural materials. I love the idea of building in a natural and sustainable way. Mm. That's where my passion is. Um, so I obviously formed a company around that passion and then brought in the other core values, which were so important to me, the positivity and the kindness. But I think this happens all too often. People who are good at building move into or start their own construction companies, building firms, whatever they may want to call it. And you just kind of get repositioned um, as a project manager. Mm. I had no training as a project manager, no prior experience as a project manager. I did like an online course, which was actually fantastic. Um, didn't really teach me how to be a project manager. It kind of taught some leadership skills, which was great. And um, I did learn a lot from it, which I can bring forward. But um, yeah, lots of people, they just kind of get landed in that project management role. And it's not really what I wanted to be doing. So mm. it didn't yeah. get, get you out of bed in the morning. No, that side of it didn't get me out of bed in the morning. I like seeing the overall project. And I liked seeing kind of a renovation or a retrofit or I liked seeing, I did like seeing the steps along the way and I liked the camaraderie on site. I loved what we built and we had some fantastic people working for us. Mm. Um, you know, I didn't really care walking around a kitchen with a client deciding how many spotlights they want or the position of their light sockets or switches. That didn't excite me. Mm -hmm. Working with clay excites me. Working with lime excites me. So I was like... I took the, you know, what you're good at, what you like doing, found that sweet spot and, yeah, started unearthed. Nice. Yeah. 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 There wasn't one factor. There wasn't one factor in Clothing Down Kind. Um, but so, so I mean, just it might seem like you've uh, maybe to a listener that you've just started up a new business with a different name. Yeah. <laughs> like what, how, how are the... How is it fundamentally different? So it is fundamentally different because we are now just doing the specialist work. Just right. doing the work I love doing and my team loves doing. So we're now, we're going to um, work as subcontractors. Mm -hmm. So we'll work alongside main contractors to help. Someone else can deal with the subcontractors. <laughs> Yeah. And that bloody yeah. tail rail, no That's problem. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but someone else will be really good at that. Yeah. Because some, that is somebody else's sweet spot. Mm -hmm. Somebody else gets out of bed in the morning because they love project managing. They like 
and and that's great. And you need those people, and you need the practical people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're, we're fundamentally different now because we're yeah we're we're just more hands on. I'm back on the tools myself with a smaller team, just taking on those specialist items. So like our first job for on earth, just just perfect. It's uh, exactly what I want to be doing. What is we're, it? Build, oh, we're building a lovely. So the pre-existing roundhouse, mm. which you very kindly pointed out on Instagram, isn't actually round. <laughs> It's, I mean, I've never seen a roundhouse with a right angle. But. <laughs> it has got a right angle in the corner. It's, uh, I don't know what shape you call it. I suppose you've got a right angle in the corner, which isn't actually very square at all. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, maybe it's more of an octagon, but with a right angle. Yeah. But it's, it's the easiest way to describe it's that. semantics. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's roundish. Um, more round than square. So, yeah, we, we're... So that was already there, pre-existing, um, and we are kind of beefing up the insulation. It's got some uh, beautiful cladding on the outside and timber frame. And so I think the person who built it probably built it in that time where natural material wasn't so readily available. Mm. So when kind supply wasn't down the road, yeah, where yeah. you can get some beautiful hemp insulation. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that you love that, you love that bit. Yeah, it's my favourite. Um, and so they built it and they put some PIR in, in, within the stud. So they kind of got like all the elements right-ish. It's got a lovely living roof and beautiful roundwood timbers. But then the new people that are in the house, they've wanted to put their little touch on it. So we're building the, we've built new wall around the inside um, uh, out of hemp blocks. And we are currently uh, applying a nice clay plaster mm. supplied by Will lovely shout out Mr Stanwicks yeah, he has and... to have a mention on every one of your podcasts <laughs> he needs to answer his phone otherwise he's going to stop getting mentioned <laughs> uh, fair play <laughs> I think there was one where you mentioned it five times <laughs> I can't remember that but I was half an hour oh yeah it was just in the intro as well <laughs> yeah. Well, he's doing good stuff, isn't he? He is. So, Will supplied us with some lovely clay, and yeah, we've had some fun putting a base coat on this week. Um, and then, yeah, we're going to go back and top it all up, and we've just been experimenting with some pigments and some different colours. And lovely. Well, it's it's lovely to hear you talk. Uh, that's clearly what you're passionate about. Yeah. <laughs> your face. Yeah. Is- <laughs> so smiley <laughs> it's like when you came out to our job and you did lovely earth floor and I just remember you mixing up some clay and you just came back the next day and just like just putting the finger in it we've just got such a like connection with clay mm. which I think unless you've worked with it in some context or like I imagine everyone's probably had that experience as a kid just playing with it at a festival or a pottery class yeah. it just does good things to our soul doesn't it it's, if you give someone like a little lump of clay mud yeah and then like you just ask them to hold it yeah and you sort of come back like yeah. we used to do a big group sort of ask them to hold it and you come back sort of within a couple of minutes and like some people have made like a little donut something yeah. you know have flattened it out really like yeah. a pancake you know everyone has just played it and needed it and felt it and connected with it and like it's working out its properties and what yeah. it can do it's, it's, just, it's an amazing substance. And it's like, we've evolved around it 
and built with it for thousands of years. Mm. I think it's like a real deep part of our evolution. And yeah, it just does good things. So yeah, we're just yeah working with what we love now. Um, yeah, doing back to kind of doing brickwork like that was that was where I started really. That was my apprenticeship and like saying around Lewis, there's yeah loads of beautiful historic buildings with nice fired clay fired bricks and lime mortar. Mm. I love that. I think the art of brickwork's lost. It's like I think it's a really sad like. I've got an apprentice now. Uh, shout out, Sonny boy. Um, <laughs> he, he's a brickwork apprentice. I've sent him to college because I think you learn some really wonderful core skills uh, throughout brickwork. Even if he doesn't do a great deal, he's doing a lot of plastering with us and he loves it. He's taken on to that quite naturally. Um, he loves working with hemp and clay and lime. And um, I just think it's really sad now. His college course he's not going to qualify as a level three bricklayer. Right. He's going to qualify as a 2.7. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's just like such a slap around the face. It's just such an insult to tradespeople everywhere that you don't even get a level three anymore. Can, does level three still exist? I don't know, not around here. Wow. I'm sure it exists somewhere. So when I went, like, days gone by, <laughs> back in the day... <laughs> you did three years and you came out of a level three. Yeah. Yeah, now you do two years and you come out as a 2.7. Well, I mean, you could argue that's better value. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does get an extra seven. He gets point seven for free. True, <laughs> true. Yeah. I don't think they're going to learn as much, though. Mm. But it's they're just what I'm, I'm getting at, I suppose, that lost art of brickwork where they're just going to come out as sight machines, aren't they? That's what they're training them as now. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Slap dashing up houses in a very. Or putting like brick slips on the outside of yeah. something else. Yeah. Some, like, yeah. Quickly put up sip panel. Yeah, that's happening. You don't need to say panel when you say sip. No. <laughs> that's like saying pin number. <laughs> um, I don't need to get into this rant. Uh... <laughs> Everyone says pin number. I know. <laughs> Personal identification number, number. <laughs> yeah, true. There's a few like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sit panel. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, I mean, that's that's sort of most of bricklaying now. I, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Things like uh, well, probably just the Prince's Foundation. Like. Yeah. They're still championing proper brickwork and. Yeah. But there was a really great demonstration project in Dumfries House that was led by them. Nice. And I didn't. I didn't know anything about. Brickwork before I went there, and uh, and they were saying like a mark or the mark of a really good, uh, would you call it a mason brick? Yeah, they were like traditionally a mason, weren't a they? good bricky. Yeah, they, you know that's safe ground. Yeah, um, is having consistent mortar beds. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like if you can have really thin mortar beds, yeah, then it means you can do different shapes. Yeah, so it means you're sculpting those bricks more perfectly. Yeah. Uh, rather than just like, oh, there's a brick with loads of goop between it. Oh, yeah. You see, like, the old Victorian buildings. Like, yeah, there's real nice fin joints, beautiful bricks, like, amazing arches. And like, they used to do, like, the um, uh, viaducts and stuff mm. like that. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Huge arches that, like, go on. Yeah. Level 2.7 couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So and yeah, yeah, we yeah, so on that as well, we we're kind of on the Mason side, I suppose. Yeah, doing stonework. There's like there's lots of flint is our stone, our Sussex mm. stone. Uh the sandstone like in the weald, which is so we're like on the downs and then the weald's below and you get good sandstone there. Um but yeah, it's flint's great because it's free mm. and the farmers don't want it. So with all the flint that comes kind of what we build with here comes from farmers' fields. When they're ploughing their fields, right. they're turning up the flint. They just throw mm. it to the side of the field because they don't want it. You can't yeah. grow your crops through a big, absolutely rock-hard stone. Yeah. So they chuck it to the side of the fields. And then they have just deals with different builders or flint wallers so then they can take the stone it's a good symbiotic relationship yeah build it with lime and then yeah it's uh it's a great way to build yeah great way to build that's that's really interesting i like that the, there's that relationship yeah and you look around lewis as well there's some lovely stonework around lewis and that came from the old priory that got blown up by henry the eighth and then over the years, it was just a ruin. Mm. It's all very well protected now and it's all beautiful and they made it like a tourist attraction. But uh, yeah, they're not ruined, they got blown up and then people have just pillaged it over the years. <laughs> so I quite like spotted it now. If you go yeah. around and there's quite nice there's garden walls in people's houses and you look quite low down, there's lovely bits of stone <laughs> and you can tell they come from the old ruin. Nice. Someone but, was saying a similar thing about Hadrian's Wall. So like yeah. I went up to Adrian's Wall last year. Yeah. And there isn't actually very much wall. Oh, really? Uh, Just nicked it. <laughs> I think over the years, like, yeah. there's probably a lot of farmhouses with, uh, yeah. you know, nice bits of uh, Adrian's Wall foundations or something. But, um, yeah, actually what's left as a wall, a recognisable wall, it's pretty minimal. Ah, yeah, very interesting. But again, it's sensible it's way recycling, to recycling. It? it is recycling. Someone's gone it, to the effort of quarrying all that stuff. Yeah. So again, they're building in a kind of circular, mm. sustainable way and what we're trying to achieve now. But um, I suppose without nicking it now, yeah. you, kind of, <laughs> you build relationships with farmers or, you know, you're, you're growing, um, growing crops for regenerative building materials. Yeah. Or there's like, yeah, good companies that are making bricks out of waste. Mm. And also, um, yeah, it's what we're trying to achieve, I suppose. Circularity. That's it. It's exactly what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. But just ask permission. Stop <laughs> nicking my wall. <laughs> yeah. Um, did Henry VIII himself blow it up? I think so. Yeah. yeah he was known for his... Yeah, I think he's came along with a couple of... Sticks of dynamite. For, yeah. Um, yeah. Lit up a big cigar, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't teach history, so. No, no. <laughs> That's how Bonfire Night started. <laughs> <laughs> we love it here. <laughs> I've seen all of the um, uh, the Bonfire Society, is it? Yeah, yeah. They're out on the street. Today. Yeah. Yeah. All in there. Stripey clobber looking a bit like Where's Wally? Which I didn't dare say to them. <laughs> yeah, they'll blow you up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, then there's that one thing that everyone's heard a thousand times. So yeah. I bet that's it. Do you know why they wear that? 
They mm. wear stripy. So they can't find her in a crowd? Yeah, for that exact reason. Is it really? Yeah, because when the police were trying to shut down Bonfire Night. So it's where's Wally from this? Probably. Because <laughs> <laughs> it probably is his exact actually look. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, they dress up as smugglers. Yeah. Because, yeah, for that exact reason. Because when they were... Um, I did point this out earlier I'm not a history teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's exact, that exact reason. Because they when they were trying to shut down Bonfire Night, they... Mm. Um, they, yeah, all wear, wore stripy smugglers' jumpers and the same hat, and they blacked out their faces, which is controversial and you're not allowed to do anymore. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and then, yeah, the, the police couldn't arrest people and they just carried on. Hmm. Yeah. And when did they start calling him Wally? <laughs> <laughs> it was a policeman running around, wasn't it? Where's Wally? <laughs> well, yeah. I never... So we went off on quite a, a brick tangent there. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's from that it's clear that your your passion for the materials and the skills and the trades is there. Yes. Can I can I drag you back to the the bad time? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I'm not I'm not quite over it yet. I'm I'm still in this trauma. So drag me back in. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like one of those. Um, actual, you know, journalists who's just yeah. just asking horrible questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I did say pre-podcast, I'm I'm here. I can be open, honest, like honest, vulnerable conversations need to happen, and I'm happy to talk about the good times and the bad times, and then hopefully other people can learn from it as well. Yes, I think yeah, that's exactly true. And yeah, yeah thank you for that. Yeah, and it all goes back to that kind of spirit of kind and why we started it and the positivity around it and the kindness so if I've got a couple of people can kind of learn from mistakes where we went wrong um yeah hopefully you can not do it on your business <laughs> good great well I'll, I'll hold off on renaming you as Jules Mean in my phone <laughs> <laughs> we have been called unkind construction before yeah that was a funny one so it was a, in jest or no no this guy was deadly serious so he um we were going to do a job for him and this was like early days when you kind of like say yes to everything and then really it wasn't really a kind job he wanted a um, skylight put in a right. lovely lovely house like top of town and uh he wanted a skylight put in and he was it seemed like quite a nice guy at first and it was all kind of going well and then he was quite keen to just get it started. And then he started, we had a great chippy that worked for us. Um, and he started messaging him and he sent him like messages at kind of, one was at two in the morning, one was at four Ooh. in the morning, like asking him questions about the job and when can you start? And number one, it should have really come to us. And then I did ring him up and was like, um, please, can you not contact our team at four o'clock in the morning? And uh, he threw that a whole, do you know who I am at me? And then sent me a big long shitty email and called us Unkind Construction. Because <laughs> I said I was Do you know who he is? Uh, I'm not going to name names. Oh, I mean, is he is he someone famous? Well, he's an OBE or a CBE Ooh. or he's, he's got some kind of title. But uh, Wow, that doesn't allow for 4am anything. Nah, he didn't like it because I said I'm not going to do his job. But because, again, going back to the core values why we started Kind and around kindness and it's respecting people's boundaries isn't it no one no one should get a call about work or a message about work at four o'clock in the morning no 
No. No. To be fair, I'd be telling you, Chippy, to put his phone on airplane <laughs> mode, but... <laughs> Yeah, so, but we were always open for criticism and ridicule if you're calling yourself kind, I suppose. It's oh. it's, it's, it's a good target to throw back at someone, isn't it? Yeah, that's it's, true. You're, you're the man in the arena if when you're putting yourself out there as that, I believe. But I was always willing to take that. I mean, I think being called unkind as an insult is sort of the softest insult you can give <laughs> yeah oh that's mean yeah 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 yeah. i did really hurt my feelings yeah okay. yeah <laughs> um but you guys were doing like there was big interest wasn't there yeah there was big interest and that's why i think it was a bit of a it was a really tough decision yeah we shut down a company we had 75 inquiries on our spreadsheet wow when we shut the company down so there was, yeah, there was definitely interest. And that's one of the things I'm most proud of from Kind, actually. I think we really started a bit of a wave of natural building or sustainable building around this area. Mm. Been a few other companies that since have kind of popped up like, yep. doing similar things. And that was, again, a big driver to start Unearthed because we were, um, yeah, as Kind Construction, we were just stuck on a project, or say stuck on, we were on a project willingly stuck yeah. <laughs> on a project being paid uh, to be there sometimes yeah <laughs> that's part of the next story <laughs> um yeah so we we were on a project maybe for like six months eight months and yeah doing some wonderful work and for some lovely customers but i think now with on earth we've got the ability to have a much greater impact mm. because if we can now collaborate with a few other builders because a bit of a wave and you've obviously seen it there's like there has been a shift in the way people are wanting to build and there's yes. been a big movement within architects and a canada and some fantastic things i think helping promote that and there's expos around and there's yeah there's loads of good stuff going on at the moment it's a great podcast yeah just one yeah <laughs> <laughs> one great podcast there's a really really good podcast I can't remember what his name <laughs> what's it called I'm <laughs> Geoff <or something. laughs> um yeah there's uh yeah yeah your, your podcast is very inspiring on in my journey actually Jeffrey. oh thank you I I can't actually take any more of that because um uh I got met by Amy today oh yeah she <laughs> She she said some really lovely things, which just makes me feel incredibly awkward. I love this because you were telling me the story of I've just read out on my podcast <laughs> yeah. um, that I'm incredibly humble as was it, it review, was a review, yeah. review and you said, uh, I can't believe I've just read out on a podcast. I'm so incredibly humble. Is that the most unhumble thing mm-hmm. that anyone could do? And then I met Amy at Future Build like the week after. And she was like, I just left Jeffrey a podcast, <laughs> a podcast review. <laughs> and it was brilliant because I had no idea. So yeah, I had a good laugh about that. Yeah. She, that was a really good review. It was a really good review. And she's, I mean, uh, she's doing really incredible things. Yeah, Amy's so. great. Shout out, Amy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she um, is doing good things. Yeah, she described your podcast as a gateway drug, which I quite liked. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's for positive change, isn't it? 
But, uh, Gateway drugs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 It's a, yeah, it is good. It's, um, but that kind of goes back to what we're talking about as well. And this is something that Amy really heavily promotes. Mm. Um, accelerating, uh, accelerating change. Yes. So loops back round to exactly what I was talking about. Um, it's almost like we're singing from the same hymn sheet, isn't it? To use a popular phrase. Probably. But we, yeah, we, we were on kind of construction jobs for kind of maybe six, eight months, and yeah, doing some fantastic work and doing nice retrofits or sustainable builds, top to bottom renovations, extensions, and we were we were doing good like natural or sustainable elements but now with the new company unearthed hopefully we can collaborate with a few other builders so in that kind of six months where we were just doing one project previously mm. we might be able to flip between i don't know four five six different projects in that time working with other people and hopefully upskill some other builders along the way yeah certainly inspire yeah yeah and it just takes the pressure off them a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's um, off the, the off the conventional off, builders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're a main contractor, you've been handed a set of drawings with like a load of clay plaster on, for example. Mm-hmm. That that's in the spec, and they're scratching their head and asking their plasterer, who's only worked with gypsum for the last twenty years. It takes that pressure off them. Now they can obviously come round to us. We would love to do the job. We can collaborate with them, hopefully inspire them, teach their plaster how to do it. Yeah. Put us out of work. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but that's what it's all about, because that's what we want to do as well. And we're going to collaborate with the crew down here at Kind Supply and we're going to run training workshops. And yep. yeah, we do. We need to we need to accelerate the rate of change within the industry because it's a bit stuck in its ways, isn't it? And a bit toxic in more than one way. Yeah, um, yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely changing. It's hard to know how much of that is because, I'm, you know, is it just your bubble and your yeah. game? You know, I keep talking to natural builders. Yeah. So I think the whole world is natural building. Yeah, I do as well. I know I was talking to someone else about this. And the, yeah, it was a bit of a wake up call to me when they explained that, like 90% of the people outside, of yeah. <laughs> I don't have a clue what we're actually talking about. Uh, the sunny boy I was talking about, our apprentice, his assessor came round to our job the other day. Mm. I was like, come in, come in, have a look. <laughs> I couldn't quite work out what he made of it. He was just like, yeah, yeah. Just kind of nodded a bit. Um, I think he thought we were a bunch of whacked out hippies building with hemp and clay. Probably. But, uh, yeah. <clears throat> I, um, I went to visit a site uh, a little while back and... Um, there was a guy there who's really he listened to the podcast actually, eh, Greg? Hey. Um he um big fan of the podcast. When yeah. he saw me, he was like, What are you doing here? Uh and sort of gave me the tour of the building nice. of, of the site. Yeah. Introduced me to a load of the um like the conventional he's like the natural builder on site. Yeah. Working with a load of conventional people. Yeah. And like they just, you know didn't have a clue didn't really know how to interact with it didn't this guy greg was trying to keep the straw bales dry and like some had got wet yeah uh and he had to sort through them all to make sure that the wet ones didn't come in and they were just yeah like, just put the straw bales in there so like, no we need to sort them everyone on that site 
except for that one guy was sort yeah. of well, I think, yeah. confused by it. We definitely are in a little bubble. But I think that's part of like the next phase of what I'm trying to achieve with the business. And yeah, we can run training and workshops and I want to get into the college. I want to get in and speak to these kind of... You're a bit old, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I've got loads to learn though. <laughs> Just give me my final point three. <laughs> I want to go and talk to these 2.7ers. And because if they're doing a brickwork course, take them a hemp block. Mm. It's not too foreign. Mm. It's like, you know, I think they can, they'll, they'll understand the principles of it. It's just what they've been doing. So, I mean, those kind of like easy transitional switches. Yeah, I mean, can... they're the quick wins, aren't they? Yeah. Like switch out a bat of hemp insulation for, yeah. the, for the rock wall insulation. Yeah. You know, it installs very much the same way. Yeah. And it is. We went and um, we did with the kind of micro, we went to like a very much conventional like tall place in Brighton and it was just great your conventional builders coming in most of them hadn't seen hemp or wood fiber or um yeah it was the, actually the pather textile p the recycled denim oh yeah I loved it mm. because I think everyone's got a pair of old jeans at home and they were coming in and you went it's so soft it's denim and velvet and it's like hang on were you there like demonstrating or were you just there buying a now I was there demonstrating. Okay, I thought we you were yeah. just uh, like, <laughs> trying to buy a new bit for your angle grinder. Just like, rubbing denim on people's yeah. faces. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. came in for a drill bit, but now I'm hugging some <laughs> denim. <laughs> no, we were there demonstrating. We okay. set up a little stall okay. in the like four-way bit as you walked in and collared builders and went, build with this. But they loved it. They were like, oh, I've been working with Rockwall all morning. Like, yeah, it is. It's your right. They're the easy wins, I think, insulation mm -hmm. and... Yeah, then I think, but I was laughing. Me and Connor were talking about this. Um, Connor's uh, our plaster. You've worked with Connor. Smooth plaster. Smooth yeah. plaster. Mr. Smooth. He's, he's also a pretty handy uh, floor installer. He is. He's very good, Connor. Very, mm -hmm. very good. He's a, uh, yeah, fantastic person, a wonderful tradesperson. Um, but we were laughing about this the other day. We were wondering, like, when like gypsum plaster came out or like Portland cement, do you think everyone was moaning about it then? Or wow. the plaster is using lime, or like all the brickies using lime. Mm, well, I mean the cement one. I think most of them it was post-war, wasn't it? Everyone's coming back, yeah, either maybe. being shell shocked or didn't come back or didn't yeah. want to go back into the trade they were doing. So, yeah, I think that. Yeah, sorry, that's put a pretty somber, <laughs> <laughs> somber reflection on on your uh, knife point. Uh, because that right. would have people been people don't like change, do they? No, and that would have been quite a big shift. But I don't know. We weren't oh, obviously weren't there, so no. it might have been over many years, or yeah, a lot of it's post-war. I suppose the it, shift, like with sand and cement, as I understand, I don't do that stuff. Yeah, uh, it's just that it's easier. Yeah, like you don't have to look after it the same way as you have to do for a lime blast. Yeah, yeah. So actually, like there was still that. I think we're we sort of seem to be past that point now where like the eighties, nineties where ease yeah. was like the the thing, wasn't it? Like yeah. microwave meals and you know, all that kind of yeah convenience. Uh 
And now we're seeing like, oh, actually, nutrition. Yeah. <laughs> That's important, isn't yeah. it? Live kombucha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is we getting paid a whole lot by Old Tree Brewery, aren't we? Yeah, well, if they pay me a kombucha, I'm absolutely fine. <laughs> I spend a small fortune on this. I've been meaning to make my own, but it's um, it's very nice. Mm. Um, yeah, so. I think it's quite easy for a thing that's, you know, simpler, harder to muck up to sort of come in and... and take yeah. It. Yeah, people probably were a bit more receptive to it. Mm. But little did they know they were destroying buildings. Yes. Creating damp problems, ruining lives. <laughs> 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 well, it has, hasn't it? I spent so much of my time, like, going around to buildings... And just going, well, yeah, you've got damp there because you've got a load of gypsum plaster on a solid wall. And then, but most homeowners have no idea. Mm -hmm. They've bought a house in all goodwill. I went round to the job, well, it's a few weeks ago now, and a beautiful, beautiful house and solid wall construction. And she was like, oh, we've just got a line of damp along here. And it's like in the kind of kitchen at the back of the house. I was like, yeah, you've had a damp proofing system put in, haven't you? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, how did you know? And I was like, well, because you can see, <laughs> you can see there's like a big, thick coat of sand and cement and bandex under that gypsum. And the damp's just tracked up and there's just a line around the room. And she was like, I spent thousands on that. I was like, yeah, you're going to have to take it off, I'm afraid. <laughs> and she was like, no. She wasn't very happy with me saying it, but well, no one likes to be told that they've made a mistake, a costly mistake. No, they? and that's it as well because it's all like they've gone into it with obviously the very best intentions and had a damp proof specialist come round, obviously, and mm. sold them a system. And the damp proof specialist probably sold them the system in the best of will. Yep. You know, I don't think they're going out their way to like go and con the old deer down the road, are they? They're they're trying to probably do their best and yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> you don't seem so convinced. Well, I was told once. <laughs> I was told once that they all come with like a guarantee. Yeah, I've heard that. But it's yeah. a, the guarantee isn't that it'll solve damp. It just is a guarantee of like like the material won't break down or something like that. And okay. So, and so you know they're going. Well, it's got this guarantee, fifty yeah, year guarantee. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, got to be worth something. It's going to solve my damp problem. Yeah. But yeah, it's not guaranteeing against that. Yeah, okay. I don't know yeah. that, you know, that's sort of second, third hand information that may not be true. Yeah. I don't want to talk talk bad about people. Have you used the uh, Rinzano plaster yet? No, but I saw, I was down here, coincidentally, when it was the... Uh, oh, yeah, I came to the workshop. Yes. Well, you didn't mean to come to the workshop. No, I just popped you just in. in and broke my hands out. <laughs> Your hand sander was on its way out. It was wobbly when I first turned it on. It wasn't even mine. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> well, in that case, it's... I regret nothing. <laughs> I think Andrew just gave you a broken hand sander and she's like, here you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've just done a like little room under the road with it. Mm. So it's, uh, yeah, it's an Italian lime plaster with volcanic ash in it and mm. it's uh, apparently what a lot of Venice is plastered with right? and it's holding back the canals so it must be mm. doing somewhat of a good job but we've just done a little kind of cupboard essentially under the road right um, we haven't I 
it's first time using it. And I said to the clients, there's like a gas main coming through it and there's a water main coming through it. And um, so we couldn't obviously like absolutely guarantee the system because there are holes in it. Mm. But it seemed to really work. It was so the the presentation I saw that day, the guy was saying like you plaster it on and then if you come back like the next day or something and there's like a dark patch and you'd plaster that again. Yeah. But it was like rough as anything. They were just kind of chucking it on. It wasn't, you know, plastering as we would know it. No. Um, it, so Mr. Smooth did it for us. Absolutely. It was smooth then. Yeah. So he did two coats of that on the masonry. And then we topped it basically with like a lime render. Hmm. Um, yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. And also there was the, the other product, which I am so unsure about. It's the... Aerogel yeah. insulating plaster. Yeah. Which um, there was the, the thing that made me laugh so much was I said, you know, what's what is that aerogel though? It doesn't sound like it's gonna be a, a nice thing. And the guy went, Well, it's 98% air. <laughs> Air's good. <laughs> you can't argue with that. Isn't it? My, I suppose what that 2% is, is quite important. It's silica, isn't it? Is that what it is? So silica is like what everything's made of. Yeah. It's silica uh, rather than silicon. Yeah. So silicon is made from silica, right? Mm. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that's my understanding of it. I think they're two separate things. I think silicon is the like plasticky one. Yeah. Silica is a sort of mineral. Yeah, it is a mineral. So my understanding that it's a silica, which has been, it was developed by NASA. Mm. So I probably should have done my homework on this before Mm. talking about it. It's a silica that somehow turned into a foam and then it's really lightweight and Mm. then quite, yeah. You were questioning the vapour permeability of it though weren't you yeah because of yeah like yeah what's the point in having a lime plaster if you then put something in it to make it insulating that yeah but then i suppose well i'd hope that product manufacturers are if they're making it with lime they're thinking about that already yeah and they wouldn't compromise that because otherwise they might as well just make cement with aerogel in it yeah very true so maybe i've sort of talked myself around a bit i suppose but i suppose if you think of the aerogel as like a little tiny aggregate but it needs to be quite a lot of it doesn't it because otherwise yeah it's not just thermally bypassed yeah you've just lime plastered a wall essentially yeah which is great yeah yeah yeah, but you're not getting any insulation value and it's um yeah yeah well it's it's if it does what it says on the tin, mm. it's, uh, yeah, it's thermal resistance. It's apparently very good. It's supposed to be excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. the, where I sit is that, you know, I like material, tried and tested materials. Yeah. Uh, like there's all that thing at the moment with the, the aerated concrete that's all crumbling and oh, yeah, you know, yeah. schools and stuff. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, how long do you need to leave the material before you're sure it's not going to do something unexpected? Because I think, yeah, yeah, all that stuff was done best of intentions. Uh, well, also probably a bit 
saving money. Yeah. Yeah. Government yeah. contracts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to go and like, you know, slap a load in someone's house mm. and then it destroy their house in some way. Yeah. We've used it on a project. We've used it on a couple actually. We actually did it on a wood fibre board. Mm. So stuck the wood fibre boards back to masonry. Yeah. Mechanically fixed. Mm. And then put the aerogel on that. Mm-hmm. And where I thought it was quite handy is like if you've got a room with a why did you hang on, why did you need to aerogel over wood fibre? Wasn't the wood fibre insulating enough? Well, because they didn't want to lose lots of depth. Oh, because the aerogel is so insulative. Yeah. Mm. So like, I think we could go down to like a 32mm wood fibre. Right. Mm. Right, it's better for you. It might have been a 50, but yeah, we could decrease the wood fibre and then put the aerogel plaster. Mm. It's expensive though. Yeah. But um, yeah, for rooms with like cornice and stuff, it's quite good. if you Cornice? Don't... Yeah. Is, like is that like cornice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, decorative coving in, within a room. Oh, coving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I see. Yes. Say it again. I know. <laughs> cornice. Cornice. <laughs> I'm from Lewis, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, when you have an actor kind of, because that could be costly for a client. Mm. And, you know, if you're not trying to meet regs, if it's just um, uh, like a refurb, but you mm. want to increase the thermal efficiency. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I want to believe in it. Yeah. But I'm just hesitant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Definitely going to call it Cornice, though. <laughs> I don't know, you tried to bring me back to the um, the bad old days a bit earlier. I did, Yeah. So, and then we've just ended up geeking out about materials, yeah. <laughs> as, as per usual. Yeah. Uh, get a couple of natural building geeks in a room. Yeah. Stick a load of hemp insulation around it. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So would you be able to edit this back earlier? Or I could. Or I think people enjoy us trying to claw it back. Yeah. <laughs> So remember so, that thing we were going to talk about? Yeah, 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 yeah. So like 25 minutes ago, you mm. asked me a question, <laughs> which I didn't quite answer. Yeah. So, yeah, other kind of learnings and pitfalls from kind construction, I suppose. Oh, yeah, I said there was like a multitude of factors. Um, yeah, I think one of which, especially in the early days, was we quite often get... A client contact us, they've already got building regs, they've been through planning, or they've been through planning and going in for building regs, mm. they've got a set of drawings, they've all appointed an architect, they come to us all excited, they want a sustainable build, or I've gone round the, there and kind of sold them the kind dream, as it were, and talked about lots of lovely natural materials and gave them a big cheesy smile and two thumbs up, and they've got... <laughs> <laughs> Sort of a tanking system. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we kind of get to that point where, yeah, especially in the early days, where either I ended up doing loads of work for free because I wanted to change the job to a more kind way to build. Oh, what? So they got you in to do a, a, car, a 
you know, sustainable build, but all the drawings were for... Yeah, conventional build. Right. Yeah. So we had a few like this. So Eva did a load of work for free and managed to kind of get the architect on board uh, where they like weren't administering a contract and kind of just handed it over. And as long as we were meeting building regs on certain points in the job, they were happy. Mm -hmm. They left it to us. But that was quite costly, I think, for us. Financially, definitely. Yeah. But I kind of wanted to stick to it. Well, I definitely wanted to stick to the values. Otherwise, what the hell was the point of doing it? Yeah. So... Yeah, that happened a few times. Also, what happened a few times is just projects never started. Mm. I'd, um, yeah, get some drawings. Clients would get, they'd already got quite far on a project. They'd got architects' drawings. They'd got engineers' drawings. And then I'm like, why don't we build it out of hempcrete? <laughs> and you derailed the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And then there's just lots of back and forth. It might, they might have happened and they might have just like, Bin dust to one side, I'm not sure. Um, but clients would get really excited about it. I'd get really excited about it. Um, but then, yeah, it happened a couple of times. There was lots of back and forth. Some projects just didn't happen. So from a kind of main contractor perspective, that, um, yeah, wasn't very successful for us. Mm -hmm. um, whereas now, um, as you well know, like material choice has to be built into that design stage. Yeah. So now I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where I'm working with architects at the design stage nice. and doing some consultation work and actually get paid for that work, mm. which I got did for free like a few years ago. Um, so yeah, we help out with the design stage because then the project, everyone's on board with it. And then now obviously with the new business model with Unearthed, we will then help and support and do some of those natural elements or help advise on the insulation or the wall build-ups throughout. Um, and then the unearthed team can kind of carry out the work as well. So, yeah, we can kind of be on the project throughout, mm. but at slightly more of a distance as well. So yeah. they appoint a client or the architect appoints a main contractor. They can have the headaches about electrical light switches. <laughs> And yeah, we come in and do the work we love. So yeah, I like it. Yeah, um, yeah, and there are yeah, mm. indeed. But I don't think I need to say any more on that point. <laughs> <laughs> um, there obviously is a hole in the market for people that want to do the whole yeah the whole thing, be the the project lead. Yeah. Do it properly. Yeah. Go through all of that. Um, I don't... Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's a huge amount of people wanting to do that. No. Um, or but, yeah. is there? I don't running know if a, I stand by that, actually. Hawkland are running a design and build service, aren't they? Doing yeah. wonderful things in Bristol. Yeah. And to be honest, if we stayed operational with kind construction, that's 100% the direction we would have gone into. Yeah. Just done design and build. And, yeah done the projects our way but um yeah unfortunately we yeah we didn't make it to that point that was part of the like part of the dream part of the goal mm -hmm. but um yeah there was yeah as i said other factors along the way that kind of contributed to it and one of which is just stress <laughs> yes. oh my days main contracting 
is a headache. It's just endless problem solving, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. it is. Yeah, one big ball leg. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Like, I, I love building. I do. I do. Like, but yeah, it's just one problem after another. Mm-hmm. It's just stress. And when sometimes you've got like 30 people on site and then across multiple jobs, I was kind of getting questions from all angles. And yeah, they're fantastic people. And mm. I loved the crew and everyone who worked with us was great. And we had fantastic clients as well. But yeah, it's just stress. And it's there's so much research out now. And I don't know if you've been watching like, like the Blue Zones. Or, you know. No, uh, no, I'm about to talk to someone about that for a podcast. Oh, perhaps. yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I won't talk about it too much, though. Well, no, you but, go for it. No, well, just there's loads of research about stress and like it being one of the biggest. It's one of the, it's a killer, isn't it? Essentially. Um, and I don't really want to live my life like that. I'm trying to simplify my life. Mm. Um, yeah, just being running around all the time like a busy fool isn't the best modality for living yeah so trying to simplify life we've got yeah smaller team now just doing the work we love and super passionate about so yeah that was a real big driving factor and you've got young family haven't you yeah 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 i've got two uh two young girls and another one on the way no way yeah congratulations thank you yeah anytime now really oh really yeah like literally could be tonight really (laughs) (laughs) and you've turned your phone off (laughs) (laughs) i actually did yeah (laughs) no it's not tonight due in two weeks georgina did laugh she was like i'm going to labia i'll still probably go and do this podcast won't you yeah (laughs) no jeffrey's a really good name yeah (laughs) so (laughs) yeah but um, so yeah, talking about kind of inspiring and inspiring the next generation and stuff as well. Yeah, like when talking about clay and playing with clay, like my eight-year-old loves it. Yeah. Loves it, loves it, loves it. Like if we go to festivals or something like that, she'd always go and find a little clay corner and we'd do clay modelling together. And yeah, after school or at the weekends, coming down to the yard and yeah, I'll show you a couple of things she's made out there actually. Lovely nice. little hemp and clay bird's nest with little eggs in it. Ooh. Yeah. But yeah, it's really nice. I can do some clay plaster samples or testing and yeah. And little does she know she's being trained up to be a natural builder. Yeah. But no, she's all for it. She's Her life goal is to live in the woods and build a house out of clay. And she's drawn her perfect house with a nice living roof. And yeah, it's got a big mushroom on the roof as well, which I like. Very nice. <laughs> um, yeah, no, she's all for it. That's funny that, I mean, that's... That's sort of been my life goal. Yeah. Forever. You're nearly there. You need a big mushroom grad on your roof. Beer? I think I can sort that out. Yeah. If you were doing it all again, mm. which I suppose you sort of are doing. Yeah. But like, what would you do differently? Did you set out to be this big all singing, all dancing company? Or did it just sort of snowball? And because people were asking you to do things, you kept saying yes. And before you knew yeah. it, like... You're doing way more than you really want to. Yeah. Yeah, we certainly, we grew too big too quick. Right. We, um, yeah, we, I think we kind of got the brand right early. Mm. Um, and because we were trying to, like, we were doing something different, that piqued interest. Yeah. Um, I think most businesses who are setting out to kind of leaning into change spike a bit of interest so 
Yeah, we, I think we grew too big too quick. We didn't quite have our system set up. Like I said earlier, knew nothing about business. Mm. I didn't really know anything about project management. I was a builder who liked building stuff and wanted to kind of build in line with my values. So just ran with it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like getting inquiries in and um, yeah, doing projects and projects. Of course we could build a then. block of flats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got poor loads of concrete, haven't you? That's fine. <laughs> it's uh yeah. And I think part of it we we always went like values led approach for like all of our crew, mm. which is a wonderful thing and a wonderful idea in practice. Um and what does have... values led approach with crew look like? Oh, so <laughs> you met some of them. And they're I all did. fantastic, lovely people. human beings. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah, wonderful human beings. And I think that was what generally attracted me to them to come and work with the crew um, because they're fantastic human beings. Love what we're doing. Love the idea of building in a natural, sustainable way. Mm-hmm. But perhaps not all of them had had the. Uh, best grounding or experience to kind of get through the work at a quick enough rate to right. kind of get out of jobs in a financially successful mm. way. Because that's the problem as well. Quite often we were going up and we stopped tendering, by the way. I don't agree with it in any way. And I think that as a practice needs to be um, removed from the industry because you're going to sometimes going like there's a project three to five different contractors could be going for it that's at least two people that have just wasted a load of time and money mm. i think that's yeah we need to get away from that as an industry um but we were we were going up against other people whereas i didn't really see them as competition as such i knew we were doing something different so we just had to like try and sell ourselves on why we were different or what we would do um within the project in a kind of kind way but then there was always a budget in mind so we were probably always trying to be a little bit too flexible around that mm. and you know building with natural materials it can be more costly things can take longer drying times and yeah the such um i think also being a company that does things properly so like when you see yeah. when you discover a problem or you've discover something it's like wow well we're going to fix this properly because we care about how this building performs yeah as opposed to someone else you might just you know slap a bit of drywall over it and yeah budget and leg it yeah yeah Yeah. so yeah that came up um yeah that that's yeah a difficult thing to get around yeah, what what I'd do differently is yeah, kind of what we're doing now. But I've, I've got no regrets with Kind. It's all part of like the journey, and I learned so much from it, and I mm. loved what we were doing. But I've yeah come to a realization of like really trying to work with yeah what we're passionate about, what we're good at. So say um, say you get a call from a client like yeah. tomorrow, yeah. going like, oh, I've got this extension I want building. Yeah. I'm going to say, don't call me on a Sunday, please. (laughs) (laughs) It's 4am. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, uh, because, you know, that's a nice, a nice chunk of work. Yeah. So you're going to turn that down? 
So now I'm going to recommend a couple of really good, lovely main contractors, and that's nice. what they do, and that's what they're good at, and say, these people are wonderful to work with. You should contact them to do the build, and then maybe we could come in to do these elements if you wanted to do it in this way. That's good. That's setting boundaries, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think we've, I kind of know in my head, like, our right size projects, and then how deep we want to get involved mm -hmm. within others. It'd be interesting over time to see how well you stick to that. Yes, I... Or like, you know, because the projects might get bigger. Yeah. Still being smaller. Yeah. But yeah, I wonder if that, that sort of, the, the line which is a too big project, yeah. will move over time. Well, like never say never. In a couple mm. of years, if like the right project comes along, the right client, then yeah, may well. But um, right now, no. Yeah. But what I'm kind of trying to do, and there's the lovely Daniel from Studio UL, who, uh, I might have said that wrong as well. <laughs> Y'all. Um who has a desk down at the Kind Supply Warehouse. What I was kind of trying to collaborate with him on is if he's getting clients who are wanting to build in a nice, natural way, mm. if he, as an architect, could potentially run the project or mm. maybe collaborating with other architects in that way because the architect knows the job inside out. And quite often they just hand it over. Um, so Do architects ever run jobs? Sometimes they administer the contracts. Ah, uh, yes. But if they were kind of like overseeing it, but with a site foreman or a project manager potentially, and with the right teams, mm. because that's where I found myself as well. I'm not a carpenter. I've never trained in carpentry. I know a fair bit about carpentry just from being around on building sites. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd have carpenters asking me how to do their job if they're working on a roof or something, for example. I don't know. That's like their trade that's their area whereas yeah if we could collaborate with the right team with mm. a really strong team of carpenters i think that's how i could see myself progressing into a bigger build not potentially running it ourselves yeah but collaborating it's almost like collaboration is the future yeah but the problem is and it's the problem with society isn't it is who's going to take that risk mm. Who'd, who's the full guy at the end of it because that's the thing, like the bottom line is in your typical build, everything is the main contractor's fault. Yeah. Really. Like they, they, the, the buck stops with them generally or the architect if they're administering the contract. But Yeah. Yeah, but never say never. Right client, right job. What have you got in mind? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just interested. Um, yeah. I can see, I could see a situation where like if I was in that situation where the boundaries would slowly yeah. wander. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'm just interested to know if you sort of considered considered that. And I suppose, you know, thinking about it, your, like the, the stress issue, that's still there. Yeah. You know, bigger projects are more stressful. They are more stressful. What I'm doing differently this time, I've got the fantastic Leon, who I believe you've met. Oh, lovely Leon. Oh, he's just great, isn't he? Yeah. Top lad. He's, Such a smiley chap. Yeah, he's just a great human being. He's a fantastic, fantastic human. Um, but what I'm doing this time around, I've kind of got like Leon as my right-hand man. Mm. So we're working together. He's not 
a tradesperson, particularly. I'm kind of training him up, but he's come more from a hospitality background. Right. So he's fantastic with people, got great customer service, uh, really organised. So we work closely together and he helps me. He does a lot of the organising, a lot of the communication if we need deliveries or a skip, a scaffold, whatever may need sorting mm-hmm. as part of the like the build. He's organising that, which just it's about splitting the load. Collaboration. Hey. Well, it goes back to, isn't it? <laughs> it's building the right team, having them in the right role. Yeah. Not having your, your carpenter being <laughs> a scaffolder and, yeah. you know, yeah, or doing marketing or... Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. No, it does all go back to collaboration. You're, mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. It's a thought I've been having a lot recently. And we're all too detached from that in the society as a whole, really, aren't we? Ooh, you're going deep. We are, though, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's kind of pushed to be like an individual mm. or to, you know, go at it alone. But it's not, you know, there's never been another time in human history where we've had to, like, go at it alone. We've kind of, we're tribal animals that have built society in nice little cave, no, clay huts. <laughs> All comes back to the clay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and lived together and cooperated and collaborated. Now we're just kind of segregated and, you know, split into sad. little... It is, really. It is. I mean, we're sad. Oh, right. <laughs> like we're all depressed and segregated and... Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But it is, yeah, there's been, yeah, there's no, no other real time. It's like, again, it's, we are going deep now, but it would kind of come from corporate greed, really. Oh. Because <laughs> it's, you know, everyone's out to just do their job, pay the taxes, go home, essentially, aren't they? Mm. It's, um, it, it's not about kind of living a well-rounded, fulfilled life in a society, it's everyone needs to own their own house, their own car, have their own bills. Because if we all did live a little bit more collaboratively, that pot's not split ten ways, is it? Yeah. We've gone deep. Mm. <laughs> How can we shallow this? Aerogel? <laughs> <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Nice one, Jules. That was brilliant. I had a really nice time talking to Jules. As you probably heard, there was a lot of chuckling. There is a whole nother 25 minutes bonus content available to our patron supporters. And what we chat about is, I pose the question to Jules, what's your favourite insulation? Spoiler, it's hemp. But I tell you what, chalk gets a lot of attention too. There is also advert free listening. If you feel like you want to support the podcast, then it really does help it get made. The The next few episodes you're going to hear, I was driving all around the country, which is quite an expensive thing to do. So yeah, any support gratefully, gratefully received. Uh, we talked a little bit about Will Stunnicks. Uh, Will did indeed return my call and he has just sent me some clay plaster for our job down here on the estate I live on. I can't wait to be putting some beautiful clay on the walls. Very, very excited about that. I wanted to take this opportunity as well to tell you about a few books that I'm currently reading that you may well be interested in. The first one is Nature's Calendar, The British Year in 72 Seasons. This book takes on a, I believe, Japanese tradition where they divide up the year into 72 five or six day chunks. And they're each given a little heading uh, depending on on what's sort of happening at that time or what is generally happening at that time. Um, Let me pick some at random there. Uh, So 21st to the 25th of May is Frothy Hawthorn. 6th to the 10th of June is Dancing Dragonflies. 21st to the 26th of June thunderbugs and fizzing elderflower yeah it's such a beautiful thing there's a little entry just a few pages for each one of these micro seasons and it might look at folklore it might look at science and it might just be a little musing on that topic and every month starts with a noticing exercise i'm going to read you january's noticing exercise the shortest and darkest days of the year are upon us but this means that the light is growing quickly on the first of january At Dunsop Bridge, Lancashire, roughly the centre point of Great Britain, the sun sets around 15.58. Yet by the 1st of February, it will be light until 16.50. This month, take a moment to watch the sky change colour as the sun dips beyond the horizon. Watch out for the way the hues on the sunset change with different weather conditions and let the clouds form imaginary shapes as they are lit from the shifting angles. Observe twilight creeping in a few minutes later each day and take note of that changing quality of light that comes with the lengthening evenings. That's a nice point for January, isn't it? So I will be reading along with this book throughout the year. Uh, It feels lovely to have a a book companion just bringing my focus to particular plants or explaining the science behind things. It's really just a beautiful thing with gorgeous little illustrations too. And the second book I've got called The Magical Year by Danu Forrest. Seasonal celebrations to honour nature's ever-turning wheel. And this book is also one that I'm going to read throughout the year. It is talking about the ancient Celtic festivals and celebrations that were had throughout the year to mark the important points of the, the yearly cycle. That's summer and winter solstices, spring and autumn equinoxes, and then the, the four fire festivals, which are Imbolc, Beltane, Lunasa and Samhain. And getting these two books has really come from a desire just to be rooted in the, the place I'm at and the seasons we're in and really dig into the the history, the folklore, the traditions of a life more connected to nature. So those are two which I will be reading throughout the year. It feels nice actually to have a, a sort of reading project to go along with my uh, my day-to-day life. And I'm also reading The Dispossessed which was uh, anyone that listened to the Yule episode, uh, My Gift from Mike by Ursula K. Le Guin. And it's fantastic. 
I haven't been so captivated by a story in uh, in a long time. So thanks again to Mike for that lovely gift. You'll find links to all those books in the show notes if you fancy a read yourself. As well as those books, recently I have just listened to the BBC Sound series by India Rackerson called Witch. And that was actually recommended by one of the guests from this podcast. I highly recommend having a listen to that. It's 13 parts, half an hour each. Uh, it will unpick all you think you know about witches. Is that all I've got? Or please share this podcast. Uh, share it far and wide. That's very much appreciated. And I guess I just wish you all the best for 2024. And I'm very much excited to bring you lots more in the way of conversations, hopefully to inspire you to build beautiful things with lovely, lovely materials. Until next time, see ya. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.